like if God is loving and God is all powerful, then how can evil exist? Because if evil exists, that means that either God isn't powerful enough to put an end to it, or he chooses not to put an end to it, in which case you could question, is he really all loving? Why would a good God allow bad things to happen to his kids? Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. Great to have you with us once again this week. I'm here with Pastor Nick Cady, pastor of Whitefields Community Church here in Longmont, Colorado. And uh, we have started uh, the first week of our Advent series um, called Light in the Darkness. And this week we're in Romans chapter 8, verse 18 through 30, The Weary World Rejoices. And so if you've missed that one, uh, you can get over to whitefieldschurch.com and you can download it there or YouTube, Facebook. And if you haven't already done it, go ahead and like it, you know, subscribe, uh, hit that like button. And if you're listening on a podcast, you know, hey, give us a review. Yeah, that certainly helps boost us in the algorithm, in the statistics. And so when people are asking questions, you know, about, about God and about the gospel and about life, we can provide them with Christ-centered, gospel-centered content. And so, but here we are, light in the darkness, uh, first week in Advent. And interesting passage as we, you know, look look at the weary world rejoices in the and It comes from that um, hymn, a beautiful hymn, O Holy Night, and thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. And that's kind of an interesting paradox when you come to Christmas that, you know, there's so much festivities, happiness, laughter, and all this kind of stuff. But there is this undercurrent of what Christmas is truly about. And it's kind of captured in that idea that the, you know, as we looked at on Sunday, that the earth is groaning. And uh, it's just a, a very interesting way to you know, because Christmas time for a lot of people, you know, on the top there's all the festivities, but there's also, you know, there are those that, you know, it kind of amplifies a lot of kind of the loneliness, sometimes the depression, you know, maybe people lost loved ones during this time. And it, and, and sometimes it amplifies just the general evil in the world that we live in. And it kind of brings us around to that fact that why, why did Jesus actually have to come what was the incarnation actually really about yeah it's interesting because um you know i can think over the past few years and i can remember specific tragedies that have happened in our country whether natural disasters or man-made tragedies that happened around christmas and there's always this sense of like why did it have to happen around christmas right because there's this expectation that this is a time um when people are together, families are together, etc. But then what about people who don't have families to be with? Or what if they don't have friends to be with? What if they, what if for them Christmas is a particularly lonely time? What if, uh, you know, it just amplifies the fact that a loved one is no longer with them, for example. And not to mention that this is a pretty uh, crazy stressful time of year. I know some businesses have switched, you know, from doing their year-end stuff to other times of the year which is nice because, you know, for those who have to do year-end things on top of Christmas, and if you get a week off after Christmas, that's that can be nice. But that also means that you have one less week in the month to do, do all the stuff on top of all the other expectations. And frankly, it can just be exhausting and overwhelming. And so for some people, and for a lot of families, um, well, I'll put it this way. For some people, Christmas is stressful and hard and difficult because they don't have family to spend it with. 
And for other people, Christmas is stressful and hard and difficult precisely because they do have families to spend it with. Um, and so, yeah, it, it can be a very difficult time of the year. You know, one thing that comes to mind in this, and this relates to our sermon on Sunday, is that some people would ask this question, you know, if, if there's all this frustration, if there's all this difficulty, if there's evil in the world, isn't that an argument against the existence of God? In fact, this argument is called, and we've talked about it before, but it's called the trilemma of theodicy. Now, trilemma is similar to a dilemma, a dilemma, in which you have two alternatives to choose from. Well, in a trilemma, there's three things and only two of them. You can only have two, right? So there's three options. There's only two that can be true. And Epicurus, famous, uh, you know, Epicureanism and all that stuff, he's a famous Greek philosopher. And he came up with this concept. And then it was repeated throughout the history, you know, of the world, like through philosophy and things like that. This idea that isn't the, aren't these things at odds, right? Like if God is loving and God is all powerful, then how can evil exist? Because if evil exists, that means that either God isn't powerful enough to put an end to it, or he chooses not to put an end to it, in which case you could question, is he really all loving? Why would a good God allow bad things to happen to his kids? And um, this is a question that a lot of people would say, you know, why doesn't God prevent things from happening? Why doesn't God uh, stop things from happening or, or, or do something about it? And some people would say, well, this is like a skeleton in the closet, if you will, of belief in God is, well, if God really exists, then there can't be uh, evil in the world. And yet there is evil in the world. Therefore, they might say, well, maybe there just is no God, or maybe he is just not actually a good God. Maybe he's capricious, mean, petty, or aloof. And, um, you know, what I would want to say to that is that this, what we looked at on Sunday, the story of the Bible, if you could say that the Bible is about one thing, right? We, we often say it's all about Jesus. That's right. But, but why did Jesus have to come? In other words, the whole story of the Bible, what the Bible is about, is answering the question of why is there evil in the world? Why is there suffering in the world? And where is God in the midst of it? And the answer it gives us is that God very much cares about the evil and suffering in the world. He mourns and weeps over it. It grieves him to the heart. And where is he in the midst of it? He is actively moving and working in real time, not just on a meta level in the, in the world in general, but even on the micro level of your life in particular that he is actively working all things together for good for those who love him. On the big level, he is working to bring about salvation through Jesus. And you could ask the question, why does God then allow even his children to suffer? And the answer to that is that as we talked about on Sunday, just like the pains of childbirth, suffering is not forever. And for those of us who have the hope of heaven, we understand that the sufferings that we experience here in this life are not even worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed to us. And God, for those of us who are in Christ, God actually makes sure that our suffering is not in vain. It's not wasted. It doesn't come to nothing. He actually uses it for good. In Romans 5, he says that he uses it to bring about perseverance, character, and hope. In James, he said that God's using it to do all kinds of good things in our lives. And you could think about it also like this. God uses these things in our lives to make us more like Jesus. In other words, um, you could say that without the hope of the gospel, suffering in a way accomplishes, accomplishes nothing other than getting our attention. 
But in Christ, God makes sure that that suffering is redeemed so that it actually accomplishes good things in us and through our lives uh, for the good of others and for his mission in the world. And so why does God allow his children to suffer? It's because he is providential. He's working all things together for good. And he, there's another part of this where he is also, why doesn't God just end it, you know, like pull the plug and say, okay, we're done. Everybody who's saved is going to be saved and everybody who's not is not. And we're just going to put an end to this. So there's no more suffering. Well, the reason is because there are people who are not yet saved who God wants to save. And so I know this. I'm glad that he waited for me before he pulled the plug and understand this, that the reason God waits is because there are other people he wants to bring into his flock, into the fold and to bring salvation to those people. And so we, we say, okay, God, we understand. This life is very short. You want to use us in that purpose. And we will endure these things and we will do it knowing that you are redeeming these things and knowing that you're using them, looking forward to the hope that we have, which gives us the uh, wherewithal, the strength to be able to endure these things with confidence, knowing what is to come. Yeah, and uh, when you, you use that, uh, just the idea of, that Christians are supposedly, we're the ones kind of, hey, don't look at that, look out of the way that, about the evil thing or the skeletons in the closet. In many ways, for me, you know, when we look at the Christmas season, it seems that it's actually the opposite. People are using the Christmas season to cover up or to keep those skeletons in their own closets or, or pretend that things don't exist. And I was just thinking, you know, you're thinking of the Christmas story of Jesus coming and there's no room in the inn and we've been, there's no place for Jesus in in the Christmas story in, in many ways. And that's kind of one of the songs we've been singing over the last couple of weeks. And actually the last couple of years is one of those kind of things where you just feel like there's a theme and this has kind of been a theme for us for the last three years now that we've introduced the song, but prepare him room, let the King of glory come in. And just that idea that, you know, let God be God in the Christmas season. Let, you know, let that be a, a possibility in your life. You know, look for opportunities for the Lord to be involved in what's happening within those families. You know, as you said, there are those that are, have the families and they're like, they're, they're dreading right now going to Christmas dinner, you know. Well, look, instead of dreading it, look for an opportunity for Jesus to be a part of that. You know, for those that are feeling lonely, maybe just press into the Lord even more and let him speak to you and maybe have your eyes open for opportunities to reach out to other lonely people during this time. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't want to be, you know, Debbie Downers on Christmas. You know, Christmas is a time where we want to celebrate joy to the world. The angels were not singing something in a minor key. They were, you know, glory to God in the highest. It's an important and it's an exciting time for us as Christians as this is a weary world, as is a thrill of hope. That song says, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. You know, there's hope because Christ has come into the world. And there's hope for the, the earth, the creation that groans against the corruption of sin and death. And, uh, and but for us as Christians to prepare room for the Lord, you know. I mean, I just, in my mind, I don't know, probably somebody else already thought of it. But the inn was closed. God couldn't find a place to stay, you know. <laughs> He's coming to say, you know, coming to save the earth. And he can't even find a hotel room, you know. It seems pretty, pretty, uh, you know. That seems to be the whole picture of what Christmas has become today, you know, and uh, and so that's just something for us to to remember that yes, this weary world is groaning under the pain of sin and death, and uh, but but God has brought as we 
you know, this, the title of our Advent series brought that light into the darkness. And there is hope, a thrill of hope. We can rejoice. Uh, and so that's just something exciting to think about as we move forward with this this year and uh, this final push to the end of the year, to the new year. And, uh, enjoy, you know, we just want to join us on this journey as we go through this Advent series and head towards Christmas Eve. And we hope you'll join us if uh, on our Christmas Eve services. We'll be on uh, Friday on the 24th. And um, depending on where you're watching, it'll be, you know, 3 o'clock uh, Mountain Time, 3 o'clock Mountain Time, 4.30, and 6 o'clock uh, Mountain Time here in the United States. And we'd love to have you join us online or join us in person. And if you're in the area, the choir is going to be singing, and we're just going to be rejoicing together. We're going to be that weary world that is rejoicing that Jesus, our Savior, the light in the darkness has come. So we hope you will join us. And uh, if you haven't downloaded a Sunday service, make sure you do that and share it. Share it with somebody who needs to hear the message of the gospel and so that they might hope have hope during this time of year and we look forward to seeing you next week god bless